So I definitely did not think that Thatcher Demko of all players would be coming up today, this wonderful Tuesday in trade talks. But sure enough, he did, according to Elliot Freeman on the Jeff Merrick show on Tuesday afternoon that I hope all of you go listen to. Um, does he make sense for the Penguins? I'm going to give you my answer coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, so on the show's Twitter at LRSOR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So let's get into it. Um, I will say, um, I know you probably were all expecting Josh Haley on the show today. He had to um, just rain check for today. We're going to be, uh, he's going to be coming on the show on Wednesday. Um, something came up with him. I wish him the best as he deals with that, but he said Wednesday um, is good to go. So um, if you only hear me talking on this one, no, that's the reason why. But so today, you know, going through my notes for the show, you know, I knew I was going to have a lot of trade stuff to talk about because, you know, there's no practice practices right now. No games. Penguins on a bye week. You know, a lot of players are on vacation. Sidney Crosby getting ready to do the All-Star break. Evgeny Malkin, from what I've been told, is going up to Montreal to go skate with his family. Um, skiing, excuse me. Then he's going to go down to Miami to stay with his wife and his kid. Uh, Ricard Raquel, it looks like, is down in Florida with his wife and his new kid. Um, that's at least the stories I've seen on Instagram and stuff. But I, I was told that Malkin was going up to Montreal to go ski and then go down to Miami. So just a couple of players who I know are on vacation. I'm sure other other ones have probably gone to the traffic or something else. But so I saw this clip um, from Elliot Freeman on the Jeff Merrick show. And then I obviously went ahead and listened to it. And they brought up Patrick Demko from the Canucks as he could be the next domino to fall after Bo Horat went to the Islanders. And in on his radio hit with Jeff Merrick, they do the 32 Thoughts podcast together, which is also another great listen. Um, Freeman said he he sees three really good fits for Demko. He said the Sabres first, the Kings second, and the Penguins. Um, though he did stress that, you know, would the Penguins do this even, you know, just because Thatcher Demko has been hurt all year and then Tristan Jari has also been hurt, um, you know, and he, again, he even said, you know, depending on Demko's injury status, doesn't make sense for the Penguins to give up assets before the deadline when you're not even sure he can truly help you. And, you know, the same can also be said for Tristan Jari, you know, how healthy is he going to be the rest of the season? So, you know, I took a look at that and, you know, I tweeted about, I put my tweet out there saying like, yeah, Freeman also suggested the Penguins make a lot of sense for Demko. Um, you know, some people in my mention say they would love it. Uh, other people said, you know, they wouldn't like it. So, you know, <clears throat> that's Penguins Twitter in a nutshell. My view on that is this. I would love to know what you all would be give, wanting to give up in return for Demko. He is a good goalie. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I think when healthy, probably, what, top 10? He's had pretty similar numbers when Jari is healthy and on his game to Tristan. So I just, would you be getting him for Jari in return? 
would you be giving up P.O. Joseph in return? Because I truly do think, sorry about that. I truly do think they would, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Golding, because they know P.O. Joseph so well, and I think they were higher on P.O. than this management staff is because, you know, after all, they were trying to trade P.O.J. during the offseason as well as Marcus Pedersen. I think they would be asking for P.O.J. in return because, you know, they want young assets. They want players who they can build around. They want, they, they Jim Rutherford even said, just a couple weeks ago, that this team requires major surgery. Not my words, his words. So trading Demko makes sense for them. And, you know, they want to build a younger, faster team. I think the only players who are off limits to them are Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, maybe JT Miller. That's probably it. I think everyone else on that team, you can probably trade or is available. So I'm not surprised that Demko is out there. But again, if you're the Penguins, what realistically would you be giving up for him? Tristan Jari and POJ? I wouldn't make that move. I think that's just at, at best a lateral move. You're giving up on POJ, who's going to be on your, you know, in your starting lineup next season because, you know, he impressed in training camp. And I know Ty Smith wasn't available just because of salary cap situations. But, you know, he's going to be in your defense next year along with Ty because Brian Dumoulin's probably not going to come back. And then, you know, with Marcus Pedersen, that's a really strong left side, very young left side, very good left side too. And then right side, Latang, Petrie, and Jan Ruda, <clears throat> it's a solid defensive core, if you ask me. So I just don't think it makes sense from that perspective. You know, Demko also makes $5 million per. You would have to probably have the Canucks retain some of that money. I, you know, they only retain 25% of Bo Horvat's contract. Can you get at least 25 of that for Demko? Can you get 50 of it? 50, you're down to 2.5. That's a little bit doable, but then, you know, the price goes up with the assets, you know, because they're retaining money, of course. So, you know, as much as Demko would be fun and, you know, a tandem of Demko and Jari would be interesting because it's probably one night in and one night off. I, I will say maybe a little awkward for Tristan because he's been the number one guy here for the last few seasons. I just don't think it makes that much sense right now. I think if you're looking to get Demko, it's probably going to have to be a summer move. You know, it's just, you know, I don't think it makes much sense to pair him with Tristan because that's just going to be really awkward. Like, you know, you run into, for example, you run into the situation that the Minnesota Wild had. Remember with Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury, Talbot got really frustrated with the team. You know, he just, Passing over starts. He felt like he was a 1B starter, but it was kind of being used as a backup. Asked out. They they accommodated him, traded him to Ottawa, and he's been getting starting minutes there. You know, maybe, I don't know if it's a little similar with Philip Gustafson, Mark Andre Fleury. They're kind of splitting the net, but Fleury at this point probably doesn't care that much. He's won three. He's, you know, he's won three Stanley Cups. He's fine. But, you know, someone like Cam Talbot, you know, he, he wanted to play and he wasn't getting that playing time. So he asked out. And with Tristan, you know, if you were to get Demko, Tristan is up after the season. You think there's any way he would be staying? No, he'd go get paid by another team. The Penguins would have Demko all ready to go. But again, can you also rely on him to stay healthy? He's been hurt all year long, basically. I know, had a great year last year, was amazing in the bubble for the Canucks. He alone took the Vegas Golden Knights to seven games. It was like 950, 960 that entire series. He is When he is on, he is very good. It's just, can he stay healthy? And again, I just don't think the Penguins would want to part with the pieces needed to acquire this player. 
whether it's Tristan Jari, whether it's P.O. Joseph, maybe it's Marcus Pedersen or something like that, that Rutherford knows very well. And of course, who signed him. I just don't think it makes that much sense. I think at this point, for better or worse, you're, you're, you're better off riding Jari into the rest of this season. If you want to go and get a backup like James Reimer, I think that probably makes more sense to me. But in terms of Demko, again, you know, I would, you know, I would love someone for it to explain to me how that makes sense for this team right now and what that deal would look like. Give me a hypothetical deal. What you think the Canucks would want back? I mean, it's it's going to start with one of the young defensemen. I can tell you that right now. And I don't think Ron Hextall wants to do that. It may even include the goalie because, again, a Jari Demko tandem is just weird, you know. And then, you know, if you don't trade Jari, what happens with Casey to Smith? You put him on waivers, send him down. I mean, he's basically on a one-way deal. So you, then you're just eating money at that point. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not super big on it, at least right now. If you want to look at it in the summer, that's probably a better case scenario, at least for me. But those are my thoughts on Elliot Freeman's report. Um, let me know what you all think. You can send me a DM on social media. Um, <clears throat> leave a comment in the YouTube comments. Do you think Thatcher Demko makes sense for the Penguins? If so, tell me why. Also, just give me a potential hypothetical trade scenario. If he doesn't make sense, tell me why um, as well. So that wraps up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to do another little small list of some trade targets that I have well, that I've had in my head. Who makes sense for this team as the deadline is just about five weeks away. I'm going to get into that directly after this with my wonderful, wonderful um, bet online, if I can access the FanDuel here, and I believe we got it. Yes, perfect. Um, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner. We're locked on because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports super fun and super easy. You can download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Again, especially for the Super Bowl 57 in about, what, 12 days now. I like the Eagles money line. I also like Jalen Hurts, um, you know, for at least two plus touchdown passes. He is going to play really well, I think, in this game. And I, and I would take the Eagles um, straight up because they've been one of the best teams, um, if not the best team in football um, all year. The FanDuel Sportsback Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of Locked On. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LA Store Penguins. And of course, Thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's do a small little trade board with your boy here. So Bo Horvat was my top target. Fortunately, you know, he is, well, he's not available anymore because he is a member of the New York Islanders now. And the funny thing is, if the Islanders really do tank the rest of the way within the next five weeks, would not be surprised if he was traded again. I'll say that because I don't really like the Islanders right now. They have a good, you know, they have two good goalies in Sorokin and Varlamov, but, you know, for the first 45, 46 games for them, 
They've just been really inconsistent. They can't score. Horvat's going to help in that department. But other than that, they haven't really had a lot of scores this season. Um, Barzell's awesome, but um, <clears throat> Brock Nelson hasn't been the same. Anders Lee's okay, but still, I don't think that's going to make too big of a difference. But <clears throat> overall, my trade board, you know, <clears throat> in terms of centers, I'm really looking at the St. Louis Blues. Um, I really do think someone like Ryan O'Reilly makes, makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, coming from the blues, I, you know, the math is not good for them this season. That's the thing, you know, right now, as I am recording this um, a little bit before dinner time, um, from the, as, as I look at the Western conference standings here, they are eight points out of a playoff spot. Oh, the avalanche have three games in hand. <clears throat> on the blues. So if they win those three games in hand, they are 14 points down for the final playoff spot. The math is really bad for the blues. I think they're going to miss this year. So unlike Ryan O'Reilly does make sense. I understand his comments from the other week saying he wants to stay in St. Louis. I just don't know if he's going to get his way. O'Reilly doesn't come super cheap. I believe he makes, if I can find, I, I believe it's um, six. If I'm not mistaken, just double checking this real quick here. Ryan O'Reilly, um, yes, yes, I believe, yeah, it is, yeah, it's it's a little over six, yeah, Cherisenko makes the most at seven five. Um, O'Reilly is at, um, geez, well, why? I, I must be blind because I just cannot see this for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's a little over right now. So you, you would you would definitely have to. Retain and no, no, it's it's not six, it's seven point five. And my apologies, I I forgot that he is on I, on um IR right now, but he is going to be healthy when the deadline rolls around. Seven five, that's a high ticket. Even fifty percent retained, you're probably at three point seven something like that. If my math is right, so that works. But also the the price goes up if you are forced to retain there. O'Reilly though has had a pretty decent year. He can still produce. You know, he's not what he once was, but he's still a good play driving uh, center. And he can also play really good defensively. You know, he was a, a strong candidate for the Selkie Trophy for numerous years. I don't think he's that player anymore. But in terms of who I would rather have at third line center, him or Jeff Carter, I'm going with Ryan O'Reilly. It's a rental. You know, that's, I think, the big thing for me with these. You know, I'm, I have them on my big board, but I'm also just not sure how many assets Hextall wants to part with when it comes to rental. Technically, he did last year for Ricard Raquel because Raquel was not signed going into this offseason. He did obviously sign him, but you know that is the exception, not the norm. But with the Penguins having some salary cap space open up after the season with Brian Jumlin up, Teddy Bluger, Tristan Jari, I don't know if he's coming back, and a couple other players, you know, I, I think they want to have as much space as possible. So where if they lose, you know, some of these guys, they will have money left over to replace them because you know the Penguins are going to spend at the cap. But I have O'Reilly up there. If you want to get even spicier, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, he's a right wing, so he doesn't truly fit that third line center spot, but he's still a very good sniper. Had a great year last year, even after he requested um, a trade was at a point per game. This year, you know, he's close to that. He's, you know, really found himself after being injured for, you know, a lot of, you know, just a lot of the last couple of seasons, to be honest, you know, before he had this true renaissance. I think he's definitely going to be someone that gets traded by the deadline. Again, right there, if you're retaining 50%, that's 3.7. I do got to think that the price to get him is going to be is going to be high. Probably a first, a prospect, and a decent roster player going back. 
I just don't know if Ron Hextall is going to want to trade a first for a rental. I think if he trades the first, and I know he's very big on the future and stuff, I think it's going to be someone with term. No, heck, even last season for Ricard Raquel, right? Trades the second for him. You know, I know he traded uh, Thomas Simone. Um, traded Aston Reese was in the deal. Um, and a prospect. So it was a four, four player package going back for uh, Ra- Raquel. But still, he was very adamant that he did not want to give up that first per rental. Got to think he's probably going to take that same philosophy this year because he knows that he knows the cupboard is pretty, you know, barren. Personally, I don't much care about a first round pick for rental, but well, for the right rental, I would probably do it. But I think for someone like Tarasenko, if you're not, you know, having that money retained, you know, then I don't really, you know, think, think that's worth it. And also, you know, if you flame out in round one again, you know, the GM is probably just going to get fired anyway. And then the guy who comes in is just going to be bad. Um, so again, if I'm if in a perfect world, I'm trading the first for someone with term, but those are a couple of players who I'm looking at um from the St. Louis Blues. Someone a couple of people have also mentioned to me, Ivan Barbashev. He also makes a lot of sense. He only makes 2.25 million for the season before he's a UFA next season. 27 years old, can play any position, center, left wing, right wing. You can probably put him at third line center for Jeff Carter. He brings an offensive punch. He's also decent defensively, good skater. I, you know, he for the toughness people, he can lay his body around. I think that player makes a lot of sense for this team. Again, the cap hits really manageable. 27 years old, you know, even for a rental, I don't think you need to trade a first for him or anything like that. You can maybe get away with getting a, maybe a second or third, something like that. You know, maybe, maybe a contract goes back the other way for, so that the money works out because the Penguins have to do dollar in, dollar out. But, you know, Barbashev is someone who I, ha- I really have circled. Um, I think he can make a really big impact for this team. So I'm definitely looking at the Blues. That's a team right now that's, you know, all, I think a lot of the hockey world is going to be looking towards them, to be honest. So, um, if I had to rank who I would rather have, obviously Tarasenko and O'Reilly are at the top, but just for cap reasons, I would put Barbashev um, a little over them. That's just my take. I'm also, you know, I have looked at the Buffalo Sabres a little bit. Casey Middlestad makes some sense, but also I'm not really sure if the Sabres gonna, are going to sell this year. You know, I don't think they expect to make the playoffs, and I don't think they expect it to be, you know, one point behind the Penguins um, right now. But they are, and they're in the right. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are buyers at the deadline so they can really just give the fans something that they haven't had in over a decade. Usually this team is well out of the playoff race at this point. And, you know, they're, they're right in it right now, which is awesome. Um, you know, those are some of the players I'm looking at. Nick Schmaltz from Arizona. He makes sense. He's de- definitely a little bit of a high ticket himself. But, you know, for third line center, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think he's a really great player, someone who I've had an eye on um, for quite a long time. You know, it, you know, the cupboard gets it really, you know, barren after that because, you know, right now there's just not really too many actual centers available for this team. You know, the, those are some of the players who um, I definitely have had an eye on. Max Domi from the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think you can, tra- you don't need to trade your first rounder for him. Maybe it's a second plus a roster player, second plus a prospect and a roster player. Maybe similar to the Ricard Raquel deal, but maybe a little less because Raquel's a better player, but would not mind seeing Domi on this team. He checks a lot of boxes. Um, I think that's a typical Brian Burke on Hexon move, um, to be honest with you. So um, those, I think, you know, in terms of my trade board, those are the main ones. I don't really have any defensemen on it. I, I've seen some people ask me about um, Jake McCabe. They don't really need defensemen. Jens. I mean, when healthy, you're running what? Dumoulin Matang, Pedersen Petrie, um, Jan Ruda with P.O. Joseph. 
it's fine. You know, if, if Dumoulin continues to be a little bit better, you know, it gets a bit better. But, you know, if Dumoulin stings, you can call up Ty Smith and, and figure out some cap situation with that and, um, you know, put Ty Smith in there. So, you know, that, that gets even better. If you ask me, um, goaltending wise, you know, James Reimer high on my list. Uh, I'll have to look at I'll have to look at the goalie market. I, some people have, told, have asked me about Semyon Varlamov. Right now, I don't think the Islanders are going to do that. I think they're in win now mode. They want to see if they make it, they can make the playoffs this season. Um, if they flame out or start to flame out over these next couple of weeks, ask me about that then. But you know, he also I think he makes five million this year. So I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I don't I don't, I don't know if the Islanders will trade inside the division. Um, so that's like my big board just right now. Um, let me know what you all think about that. Do any of those players intrigue you a little bit? Uh, are there other players who you have your eye on? Uh, I'm going to be adding to this big board over the next five weeks with players who I come across, um, <clears throat> on other teams that could be had for maybe some bargains or some players, you know, that maybe some people are not looking at enough. So really got to talk to you all about that. Um, finally, Ron Hextall is a pretty big topic of discussion today on Penguins tenure, uh, on Penguins Twitter, excuse me. We're going to go over just, you know, his tenure as a whole, you know, best and worst moves, and just what's my confidence level in him heading into this trade deadline. I think you all can probably answer that, but, you know, we are still going to really talk about it and all that stuff. So that's all coming up right after um, this commercial break. But first, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because, you know, I didn't have time in the morning for a workout. I wanted more energy, better optimized immune system. I don't also don't really like taking vitamins in the morning. But, you know, all that aside, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special band of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat it keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Also, best of all, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews online. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash angel network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash angel network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LRS Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> looking at the NHL scores as I'm just finishing up this recording, Capitals up 2-1 in the end of the first intermission. Center's up 2-1 on the Canadians. And then the Hurricanes are up 1-0 um, on the LA Kings. So let's get into this. So Ron Hextall, as always, very hot topic of debate today um, on Penguins Twitter. And this all started, I saw a tweet from Brent Baldwin, who, you know, he does a good job um, covering the Wilkes-Barre Scram Penguins. Shout out to him. He probably does not, he does not have enough followers. Please go follow him uh, for, you know, for Wilkes-Barre Scram News. But he tweeted, everyone wants to blame Hexall, but it's not his fault. Rutherford cleaned out the organizational cupboard and then bailed. It's going to take Ron multiple years to fix this. Okay. I understand what he is trying to say here, that Rutherford had some bad GMing his last couple of years, then he bailed, he quit on the team, blah, 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 blah. 
I understand that. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, who made the decision to sign Kasperi Kapanen to a two-year, $6.4 million deal of the offseason? Who made the decision to protect Jeff Carter in the expansion draft over someone like Jared McCann? I can personally tell you the, Kra- the Kraken were never going to take Jeff Carter. I have heard that through, and that and that shouldn't even be breaking news to you all. You know, you can probably just guess. I don't even need to scoop it, if you will, to, to Gins. You know, but I can specifically tell you that they had no plans to take Carter in that expansion draft. The Hangman's got spooked for some reason. They were going younger and faster. There was no need to do it. And had they Penguins known that, <clears throat> they could have protected McCann. And, oh yeah, McCann could have been on that team. And, you know, rest was history. I know I know his contract was up. Were the Penguins afraid to pay him? I don't know. But that was a very stupid move. Ron Hextall decided to do that. He is living with it. He also decided to extend Jeff Carter after having a good first half last year. Understandable at the time, a little bit. But then also when you think about it, how – that may be like 2%. But also, how is he the first player to get extended – when you have so many other more important players that need to be extended first, that makes no sense. And then his play is cratered, and now the Penguins are stuck on that contract for the rest of the season and then next season. He also went out, you know, they lost Brandon Tanev to the expansion draft, which stunk. He was a decent fourth liner that can put up goals, elite defensive impacts on that side of the ice. He made up probably one of the best fourth lines with Teddy Bluger and Zach Aston Reese. He left, and who did um, Ron Hexall decide to sign? Rock him again. 40 years, $2.75 million per. Has played fine in spurts, but overall, with with if you look at his body of work, has he done enough? I don't think so. You know, Teddy Bluger. I saw today in, in Josh Elwey's story on The Athletic. Since January of last year, <clears throat> this might blow your mind, he has one goal. For this team, sixty-six games. He's been hurt. Well, he's played. He's been hurt at times. Sixty-six games in the last calendar year is one goal. Just pause and think about that. It's pathetic, isn't it? But you know, he decided to keep him, and that that has been bad. You know, the bottom six is entirely his doing. So you know, I just don't really understand. You know that at all. And also, you know, even this past all season. No, he didn't even make, it looked like didn't even make an effort to re-sign Evan Rodriguez, who I will die on the hill that he is a great bottom six player. There is a weird segment, I think, of fans that do not like Evan Rodriguez for some reason. He was a perfectly fine third or fourth liner. Is he going to go a few games without some goals? Yes, that's how all bottom six players were. But uh, what I have Rodriguez on this team right now, absolutely, absolutely, again, Senator Carter and Kapanen, he lost McCann and Tanev, prioritized Bluger over Rodriguez, and of course, Freddie Goudreau. Remember him? He was great for this team when he was here. Kudos to him, went out to Minnesota. He's been great for them, really. You know, I think playing with the Penguins really just you know brought his career back up. But man, that was another blunder as well. I, you know, this team used to have such a great bottom six, and Hextall took that and turned it into mud. When I look at the Penguins' bottom six right now, I get very 2014-15 vibes with it. Brandon Sutter, Craig Adams, 
Joe Vitale, Tanner Glass, Brian Gibbons of all people. Though I will say Brian Gibbons was okay a little bit. Lee Stefanak, Marcel Gotch, if y'all remember him. Maxime Lapierre, if y'all remember him. That's Those are the kind of vibes I get when I look at the bottom six right now. And that's all he's doing. Point blank. <clears throat> he's had the core in place the entire time. He even signed them to steals of contracts. I've had people in my mentions say to me, oh, no, they signed for over market value. Based on what? Based on what? <clears throat> you look at the second line center options from this past year. Evgeny Malkin's outpacing all of them. He's on pace for 84 points. Chris is saying, okay, he hasn't had the best season, but the guy's also had a stroke and his father has died this year and he's been injured. Like, well, <laughs> come on. And he's still making only $6 million per. They had plenty of they had plenty of space this offseason. They decided to bring back Kapanen at $3.2 million per. Without that money, if they didn't qualify him and he went to be a UFA, because, you know, if they didn't give him a qualifying offer, he, he, he becomes a UFA, <clears throat> they would have had three extra million in salary cap space. That's a Nino Niederreiter or something like that. Because what, he only signed for $3.5, million down in Nashville? Man, how good would the bottom six look right now with him down there? Pretty freaking awesome, right? Heck, he bungled, he bungled the salary cap situation so bad that Ty Smith can't even play right now. And he looked pretty good when he came up. So, you know, <clears throat> the Penguins' failures this season, most of it falls on this GM. And again, I understand that Jim Rutherford screwed up badly in his last couple of years here. His roster management was not good. His salary cap management was also not good. He sometimes didn't even know when he was adding money versus subtracting money. Remember that from the Matheson trade with Hornquist? But <clears throat> still, this is... This is the GM's fault, and he has to live with this mess. I will put part of the blame on Mike Sullivan because he, you know, he chooses to put Brian Dumoulin on the top pairing. He chooses um, <clears throat> to play Jeff Carter in meaningful situations, especially late in five on sixes and stuff. And same with Brian Dumoulin. But also, at the end of the day, who constructed this roster? The GM. You know, <clears throat> outside of bringing the quarterback, it's one. Ricard Raquel, the original Jeff Carter trade, which was good. <clears throat> that was good. Three moves right there. <clears throat> Outside of those three, Dan Heinen last year, I'll give you that. TBD on Jeff Petrie and the defensive moves. Outside of those four moves, what else has he done that's made you go like, wow, that's good GMing. A lot of very meh to a lot of very bad moves. And if he doesn't clean this up and make a couple trades before the deadline, and if this team loses in round one or doesn't make the playoffs, he's out. I cannot see Fenway Sports Group bringing him back. You'd think they almost wanted to do it after a first round exit this past season so they can have their own uh, front office in. They, they love Mike Sullivan. I can tell you that right now. Like, Mike Sullivan is not getting fired. Um, you can all takes expose me for that. Um, if he does, I'll take the L, but I, I've heard they love him. So um, <clears throat> if anyone gets fired, it's the GM. But, you know, just wanted to really touch on that and just, you know, explain, you know, a lot of these failures are on the front office and I just don't trust their talent evaluation at all right now. I mean, you know, Hextall doesn't really keep the coaching staff in the loop from what I've told, from what I've been told. And it's almost like it's his way or the highway. I don't know how much input he gets from the, uh, his assistant GMs and stuff, but you know, bad vibes. And he has five weeks to <clears throat> put the best team out there heading into the stretch run of the season. I'll say that.
Um, so that wraps up this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. Really appreciate all of you listening. I'll be back with another episode with for you all on Wednesday. Josh Yoey will be on for this one unless something else comes up. He had to rain check for this one. Um, but we'll look forward to talking with Josh Bell on that, get into some trade targets, get into how he feels about the front office, all that, <clears throat> all that plus so much more for my Wednesday episode. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. I'll talk with you all on Wednesday.